side of midnight with Frank Morano. This is the AC Report. Chicken man in Philly last night, and they blew up his house too. Down on the boardwalk, they're ready for a fight. Gonna see what them racket boys can do. Now there's trouble busting in from out of state, and the DA can't get no relief. Gonna be a rumble on the promenade And the gambling commissioner's hanging on by the skin of his teeth Everything dies, baby, that's a fact But maybe everything that dies someday he comes back Put your makeup on, fish your hair up pretty And meet me tonight in Atlantic City Well, that's right. It is time for our weekly look at the most interesting 48 blocks in America. And as I alluded to, everybody is talking about the three W's. You have weed, which uh, people are starting to say, well, maybe there's a little too many. There's far too many weed shops in Atlantic City. You have the water park, which is opening this weekend. It kills me that I am not there to enjoy it. And you have whales or wind. They're sort of interchangeable in terms of the three W's. And it's looking like the Atlantic County commissioners are seeking to delay these wind farms, but some people want a full-out moratorium on these wind farms. That's one of the reasons I'm uh, grateful to Bruce Afrin, who is joining us. He is an attorney for several residence groups that are actually suing to stop these offshore wind farms. Bruce, thanks for getting up early for us. Oh, thanks, Frank. Glad to be here. Bruce, uh, tell us about your uh, lawsuit. Who are you representing? What are you trying to do? Well, Frank, I represent three major shore groups, Save LBI, Protect Our Coast, New Jersey, and Defend Brigantine Beach. And they've joined together in the first of a series of lawsuits to block these really close inshore wind farms which will be 15 miles from AC and Brigantine and Ocean City. And they're going to be fully visible to anyone on the beach. They're right in the middle of whale migration corridors for the blue whale and the, north, the uh, right whale, the rarest animals on Earth. And they're going to destroy marine habitats. The uh, visibility argument is a, is a potent one for, for me. Uh, you alluded to whales, and this is something person after person, the, it, Congressman Jeff Van Drew and many others, even just last week, uh, Councilman uh, Jesse Kurtz, they've all said they believe that there's a strong correlation between the beginning of the mapping for these wind farms and the whale deaths. Do you believe that, and do your clients believe that? Well, certainly we're concerned about it, and we're looking in to see what the correlation is. You know, when these vessels use sonar to map the ground and whales migrate using sonar right in the same area, 
we're concerned that this is the reason for these increased deaths. But let me say that once these towers are built, hundreds of them, 1,100 feet tall, 5 million pounds each, those whales that migrate through are going to either be confused, they're going to wash up on shore in greater numbers, or they're going to leave the area, and they'll decline even from their low numbers now. You know, there are 2,000 or so blue whales in the world. Some of them migrate through our area, and they're going to lose habitat. The right whale is very rare. We've done miracles preserving these animals. And now this program to save the earth is going to destroy these species. Rye Rivard is a reporter for Politico. He was on CBS News in February, and he basically says he doesn't think there's any link between wind farms and whale deaths. This is what he said at the it's time. It's really a coincidence in the technical sense of the word. There's been pre-construction activity and a bit of you know, minor construction activity for wind farms uh, on the Atlantic seaboard. And there has been an unprecedented or unusual number of whale deaths, um, particularly in recent months. And there has been this thought that there could be a connection, although there really is no evidence that there is at this point. And I also got an email uh, when I announced that I was going to be talking about this from somebody that's a, that's a conservative and he's a pretty, pretty straightforward guy. He wrote me, the wind developers have obtained leases for space offshore, but no developers have been granted a license to provide power. None of the factories to assemble the turbines has even been cited yet. In fact, none of the factories to even build the components to build the turbines have even been cited, permitted, and developed. So he asked me, what exactly are the offshore wind companies actually doing to kill the whale? Um, what, what is your answer to that cynical New Yorker? Well, what's happening is there are sounding vessels using sonar to map sites on the seafloor for installing wind turbines. And the, the theory is that the sonar is confusing the whales and the dolphins because they use sonar to navigate. Now, it's not absolutely certain, but what we do know for certain is that once these are built, and they will be built starting in seven or eight months unless the courts block it, it will destroy the habitat for these whales. It'll actually concretize the sea floor. It'll harden it. It'll eliminate species habitat. Mm. And, Frank, it's going to absolutely destroy the shore for the humans who use it. The developers actually have issued schematics showing hundreds of these towers fully visible from the shore. People go there to get away from industry, to get away from civilization, and they're going to see an industrialized seashore right off the coast of AC and Ocean City. Uh, now, a- absolutely. 800-848-9222. I'm going to take calls on this a little bit later. Um, given everything you said, the visibility issues, the questions about the whales, the uh, disruptions to marine life and all sorts of other things, who pushed for this, either on a, in a corporate sense or on a legislative sense, it doesn't seem like there was this massive demand for offshore wind energy. Who were those that led the charge for this? Well, for one thing, Governor Murphy is leading the charge. He wants to declare New Jersey carbon-free by 2050. Look, that's a fine goal, but not if it destroys the most valuable natural resource New Jersey has. So the governor is fully behind this, and he's pushing full speed ahead. Now, the governor doesn't go to the beach. He's got an estate in Italy where he goes for the summer. But for the ordinary person, this beautiful shoreline that is so meaningful is going to be destroyed. So we have a lot of people politically who are pushing for this. And I have to tell you, Frank, 
there are companies that will make billions of dollars from this. This is not low-level industry. This is something that will bring in vast amounts of money to GE. It makes $13 million on every turbine. Wow. They want to put up thousands on the East Coast. Construction companies are going to make hundreds of millions in consulting, engineering firms. We're talking about a boondoggle of enormous extent. And all in the name of saving the planet, but really it's going to line the pockets of a few companies right, it's and a, destroy our shoreline. It's a different type of going green than what it's being sold to the public okay. as. That's uh, a way of putting it. One of the criticisms that I hear of people who oppose offshore wind, whether it's for environmental reasons, whether it's for marine life reasons, whether it's for visual aesthetics, one of the things that I always say is, oh, those folks were always going to be opposed to wind energy and the whale deaths, they're just using that as an excuse to oppose wind energy. Is there any truth to that, Bruce? Are the people that are leading the opposition to wind energy, say, people that tend to uh, benefit from the energy status quo, as it were? You know, it's a nonsense argument. In fact, it's the fossil fuel companies that are investing in offshore wind. Atlantic Shores is 50% owned by Royal Dutch Petroleum. So the idea that somehow anti-wind people are somehow in bed with the oil companies is nonsense. It's the oil companies that are investing in this. And the truth is, those who are opposed to offshore wind are trying to save another part of the environment, the seacoast that we all treasure. We've worked very hard to preserve it, and now, in the name of protecting the environment, it's going to be destroyed. You know, something people don't realize, President Trump in 2020 exempted all of the seacoast south of Virginia from offshore wind. It's only the northern states that are bearing the burden of this. Interesting. I actually, I, I'm sure I knew that at the time, but I had forgotten that. So what has the Atlantic County Board of Commissioners done with respect to wind development at this point? What have they said? What have they done? Right. Well, in fairness, it's uh, Mike Donahue is the attorney who is handling that case. But what they're doing is they're endorsing a resolution to fully mobilize and oppose this development. And I believe they're also moving in court to set aside certain preliminary approvals from the state. Uh, my group has now opposed the state's approval of the federal plan. The federal plan can't go ahead unless New Jersey's DEP approves it. Uh, so both the AC commissioners and my group are opposing these preliminary steps, but they're very necessary if it's going to go forward. And what is the next step with respect to the lawsuit that you and your clients have filed? Well, the state has 30 days to give us the record, and then our brief will be filed in August. We are looking into new lawsuits as well, though, because there's a serious legal question as to whether the Interior Department is even allowed to give these leases. When President Trump exempted half the eastern seaboard, legally, it's questionable whether the government can force these off New Jersey and New York if North Carolina, Georgia, and Florida are exempt. So there's a second area of litigation we're looking into. Thirdly, once these permits are approved, then we can go to court to directly challenge the federal government because it's disregarding all of the environmental harm that will arise. So there's three levels of lawsuits. And I can tell you the offshore wind energy companies are going to face a mounting, mounting challenge in court. 
Uh, that I think that's uh, I think that's clear. Are you optimistic that the combined forces in opposition to offshore wind in New Jersey specifically are going to be successful? I am, Frank, and for two reasons. One, I think logic tells us we're going to really destroy the environment. And secondly, these companies themselves are already starting to back out. They're already trying to ask for better deals from the Board of Public Utilities, and many of them are losing their financing because it's unprofitable. It only works if the Fed subsidize it, and they know they're going to lose their shirts ultimately from offshore wind. Interesting. Uh, let me end with the way that I end all of our AC segments and perhaps the only thing more controversial than wind energy and the fight over it is your answer to this question and the debate that it's likely to engender. Irrespective of cuisine, if you had to pick your absolute favorite restaurant within Atlantic City, what would it be? I honestly, Frank, don't want to take sides. So I'll leave that to everyone else. <laughs> Very well. All right, Bruce Afrin, please keep us uh, posted on this and uh, anything else you're up to. Appreciate it. Thank you, Frank. All right, uh, 800-848-9222 if you want to comment on any portion of our conversation. That is 800-848-9222. Very diplomatic answer from Bruce there, I thought. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. Straight ahead. Other Side of Midnight.